So we're going, I'm not going to break right now like we normally do, because honestly today we're going to do um, a bunch of things together. So before, we're going to talk about true community uh, tonight. Before we do that, I wanted to read uh, a different scripture, and then I'm going to get back to this one. Wow, I just can't take one more phone. <laughs> that was the breaking point. Okay. Um, I want to read this to you. From, this is from First uh, John uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 11. I love it in many different translations, but I want to read it to you right now in the Passion Translation because we just went really deep with the Lord. And, um, and um, all of us, myself included, we're wanting, we're wanting more. We're wanting um, you know, more encounters, more intimacy, deeper places with the Lord, right? Well, just listen to this for a minute. Since we're going to talk about family and community tonight, I just thought this was so appropriate as a segue from where we just came from. And this is John, Apostle John saying to all of us, he says, delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. See, we're always wanting more. John's saying, no one's ever gazed on the fullness of his splendor, of God's splendor, in this, at least in this life, right? But if we love one another, listen to this. But, so we're wanting to gaze more on God. It says, but if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him, and his love is brought to its full expression in us. So there's something about um, experiencing more of the fullness of the expression of God when we love each other. We're always wanting to see more of God. And, and so often we're missing the Jesus who's standing right, you know, right across from us and through somebody else's eyes. And there's something about when we genuinely not only experience his love but then begin to love each other more, we are encountering more and more and more of him. We just don't always see it that way. Sometimes we're looking for God only in one way. Like I want a, some kind of supernatural encounter where I'm taken up to heaven or where, you know, you overtake my, my you know, senses or whatever. And those are wonderful when some things like that sometimes happen. But, but honestly, and I think the further along in life we go where we realize truly life's about loving people is that we understand when we genuinely love people with his heart, he's showing up all the time in our midst in the midst of that. And we get a fuller and fuller expression of who our Father is. So, um, so tonight we're going to talk about, about true community. From the, um, uh, in a minute I'm going to read the last, the last paragraph of chapter 2. And it's been read a couple of times in the previous month, but I'm gonna, we're going to go a little bit deeper tonight. And then I'm going to read the last paragraph of chapter 4. You'll be amazed at how many parallels there are. It's almost like it's the same paragraph twice. Um, you know, you'll see so many similarities, but both of them are describing what this new family in Jesus looked like. What were they doing? What did it feel like? And what you have to remember again, and I'll remind you as we're going through it a little bit, but just remember these as a collective people who just went through Pentecost, they, they, you know, Jesus died. Now he's not with them. Now he returns then he's raised to new life to in heaven. 
Holy Spirit shows up after they're waiting and praying. You know, powerful moment, right? They're experiencing all these new things they never experienced before. Do you remember what it was like? I don't know, especially if you're an adult, when you first came to Jesus and how all of a sudden life was just so amazing. You know, you're like, what? Everything's open, wide open. Can you imagine everybody in that community opened up to Jesus for the first time? You know, some of them walked with Jesus, but a lot of them didn't. And all of a sudden, they're encountering him and experiencing him. And they're all going crazy. This is so great. And, and so that's what we're going to read about in this, in this um, Acts community. So let's, let's go there. Um, ah, and before, before I read it from those two chapters, I want to remind you about our mission. Um, encountering God's presence. We just enjoyed that again tonight. His transforming presence because it changes us. He changes us. Enjoying kingdom life as his family, equipping world changers. And so tonight, we're really going to go a little bit further into what does that mean to enjoy kingdom life as his family? Because we're going to look at the book of Acts to do that. And, um, and then, I just thought it'd be fun, since we're talking about it, I pulled up a couple pictures. I actually take a lot of pictures, but I don't post that many of them. I just, I just don't on, on social media and stuff. So... Uh, you know, there's a candlelight service that uh, to the right is when we were worshiping in San Francisco. Um, what was that last summer? Yeah, Hippie Hill. We got um, you know a couple s- some. Uh, yeah, we got a fire tunnel going there. We've got um, the men's retreat is the lower left. Right above that is we were at a picnic and just having silly fun together. Uh, bottom right is one of our our uh, family connection gatherings. Uh, meals together. So that's what we're going to look at today. And um, all right, so let's just read it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through both of these paragraphs together, okay? Um, so it says, they devoted themselves. This is all the followers, the ones that were so excited about Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I would just say, like, laughing at lol, you know, laughing out loud, having a lot of fun together, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, Acts, now jumping over to Acts 4, look at the similarities. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, bought the money, oh, sorry, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which also means the son of encouragement, he sold a field he owned, and he brought the money, and he put it at the apostles' feet. 
And before we go on and talk a little bit more about it, I wanted to um, share with you from the uh, Word on the Street, which, um, any of you heard of this before? It's a pretty crazy uh, paraphrase. Crazy fun. Paraphr- you know the difference between paraphrase and translation? Paraphrase doesn't try to like hold the, to the every Greek word. It just it takes lots of liberties and puts it into whatever street language is the norm for that day. This one was in the early 2000s. This is when this came out. Uh, Rob Lacey. And um, anyway, so um, we're going to go back and read. Uh, just listen to it in this one. I loved reading this. Read it the other day, and I just got to me. It felt so fresh and fun again. Like again, trying to feel like what these early believers were experiencing. So it says, he says, he writes, they're totally committed. Hang on every word the team teaches into community big time. Never miss the symbolic bread and wine meal. Spend hours talking with God. All of them are stunned by the supernatural stuff the team trigger off. They live in community, everything in common. Uh, and common ownership. They sell their stuff and they donate crazy amounts to the poor. Every day, they're at God's HQ. Now, that's what he uses uh, for headquarters, which is uh, the temple at Jerusalem. That's what he calls the HQ. So every day, they're at God's HQ, reenacting Jesus' symbolic meal, partying together, doing each other good, celebrating God. And the locals love it. No awkward neighbors hassling over parking rights. They think it's great. (laughs) God's upping the numbers daily as people are having their lives sorted. Isn't that awesome? And that's, that's what we're invited to. So when we said yes to Jesus, it, although there's a whole lot about our life with Jesus that's, that's me and Jesus, you know, you and Jesus, yes. But it was never meant only to be about you and Jesus. You were invited, you were, you were brought into, you were adopted into a family. And every one of us, we are, we are family together. And we've still been discovering and, and uh, figuring out what all that looks like, what that means um, I know for many of you, like Suzanne, she's been up here at times and, and through the years where she's been in tears, just, you know, and then all of a sudden we're all crying because that's what happens when Suzanne cries is that we all cry. But just just looking at you and remembering and, and the, the years with some of you, years, decades with some of you, decades of history, that's family. You know, we're going deep together. So um, before I talk a little bit more about these scriptures, I wanted to have fun because I just like doing this kind of thing. So we're going to look at uh, two video clips about family. And because, um, you know, the thing about family is it's a little bit crazy, you know. And, um, and somehow in the midst of it all, we, we, you know, we start, we work things out and we, we remember what we're there for. Um, so this first clip is actually from uh, my big fat Greek wedding. And then we're going to move on to another clip. So here we go. Here's just a little about family. We never think of what happens for you. No. Never. Never. Kathy, didn't we say that? We never think this day will come. Never. 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 And it came. Oh, is this him? Yes, yeah, sorry, everyone, this is Ian. Il fait une maguerite, ça! 
Okay, before, we're just going to keep the light. Oh, you can keep it on. Uh, sure, turn it on just for a second, Charles. Um, so um, I just want to just remind you, in case you haven't seen the movie, don't worry. The couple, they make it through. It's all good. But it's just her crazy Greek family, and, and uh, Ian's new to all this. So you, you notice as soon as she introduced him, you know, everyone just mobs him, right, and loves on him. And, some, you know, this is what the Christian community is supposed to be. When people come... Yeah, they don't always understand us. They don't get us. We're, we're weird in our own. Each family's weirder in their own way, and we think we're normal, but we're not to somebody who doesn't know this family. And so we come in, but, but I'll tell you, even in a place like Blazing Fire, which, which you've got to admit at times is pretty passionate and crazy, people come in, and they don't know what to do with us, but they go, but dang, they love well. They, there's so much love in this place. And so that's what we do. We bring, we bring people in with love. And then notice there's food. These passages were talking about all the, both passages talked about eating together. It is a big part of the Christian life of what God in, it is. It's, it's a part of what He intended. It's why the the Last Supper, which we're going to celebrate in a little bit, you know, Jesus, they were around a table all the time. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about family. Here's one more one more clip, and then I'll talk about it. Here's a diff, very different kind of family. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, why, Brent, did you pick that one? Um, how many of you were here when I did the gospel according to the Wizard of Oz? Couple, a couple of you. I did a whole message with with movie clips from that movie uh, and shared the gospel through it just because I like to have fun. And that's what families do. Part of what we're supposed to do is have fun together. But I was just picking this because, um, think about it for a minute. You know, they came from very different, very different walks of life, very different personalities. Somehow, some common journey Start brought them together, and then as the movie went on, they became family more and more and more. They had shared experiences. By the end, they're crying because they don't want to leave each other. And that's what happens. That's what happens in Christian community. You know, it, it's not all instantaneous. takes time. But, but we're coming together. We're sharing. Um, you know, we're going down a journey together. We're heading somewhere together. We're getting closer to the Lord. We go through a lot of... Uh, stuff along the way, right? A lot of, a lot of heartache. Uh, there's things that we don't understand and we need each other. I want to just tell you that tonight. We need each other. And so Karina, I, I agree with almost everything you said, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Karina knows I love her. Uh, that, no, cause you said, you said the only reason we're here is the presence of Jesus. And I would say the absolute main top reason we're here is the presence of Jesus. But I would say this, if that was all it was, all that it was, we wouldn't need to come together for, for the purpose of family. But there's something about coming together and needing each other and loving each other that actually helps us encounter Jesus in a much deeper way. And so I want to encourage all of you um, to, um, I think this is why in Hebrews it says, don't give up meeting together like some are in the habit of doing. And I know that scripture has been used to beat people over the head so they go to church, which is such a terrible reason to use any scripture, actually. Um, so that's not what I'm trying to do here. But I am saying to you, 
On some of the days when you don't feel like coming, that's probably the night you need to come the most. Like, just push through and come. And I think most of you have agreed, and I've been in this place. I've, pastor is telling you this. I have been in a place where I've come at times and I've not been in a great place on, on Saturday. Or I, even at the start of worship, you know, there's a part of me that wants to worship, but there's, you know, I'm in a funk or something. Yes, I have those too. And yet, I, I, I can barely remember even a wor- the worship portion where I didn't get through it and felt totally renewed and changed, let alone a whole service. And it is about the presence of Jesus, but it's also about all of you. I mean, every, honestly, every time I, you know, I see every single one of you, and, and many of you, I get to give you a hug on a Saturday night. There's just something about who you are that changes this place. I've, I've, told, I've said this to other people. They say, wow, this is such an amazing place. You know, the presence of God and the love that's here. And I say, yeah, and you're part of the reason why. And they kind of look back at me like, what? How could I be part of the reason? Well, because some nights, not too often, usually it's Charles is here first, but some nights I'm the first one or one of the first ones in here. And you know what? This is a nice building and all, but that's what it is, is a building. And then... Somebody comes, and it changes a little bit, and someone else comes, and the atmosphere changes a little bit, and all of a sudden, everybody comes, and you're bringing Jesus in you, and you're bringing the love that you have, and you're bringing, you're, 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 you're carrying, you know, you're packing uh, Jesus, and, and you are the reason why it's all the hungry people together is what changes the atmosphere. It's the loving each other that changes the atmosphere. If that's the reason why we leave here encouraged and, and blessed. So... All right, so we're going to um, look at, um, one more time, back to, this is the NIV version, Acts 2, um, and just go by little by little. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. I have read over this so many times without even thinking about it, and this time I just started asking myself the question, the apostles' teaching, what, I wonder what that was. I'm like, well, hello. It would, it would have to be everything, really, that we're reading as the New Testament, because it's what they all lived. They were with Jesus. So before the, before the New Testament was written, it was already written on their hearts. And so they were telling them everything that we're reading when we're reading the Gospels and when we're, when we're reading Paul's letters. That's what they were, they were telling him. And people, like I said, all these new believers, they were soaking it up. They're like, tell us more. You have got to be kidding. What? It's that good? So they were, they were into the teaching. And it says they devoted themselves to... Uh, to fellowship, um, to fellowship, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Um, so fellowship is more than just um, all of us are in the same room. So let's call that fellowship. That that's actually not quite it. It helps when you're on the same room. That can help. But but when Karina said, "Why don't you find someone pray for them?" Now now it's changed because now we're actually engaging with somebody. Because um, you know what. It, Everyone has the same needs. We have the need to be loved. We have the need to be wanted. We have the need to, um, for someone else to be glad that we're here, um, to feel special. We all have those same needs. And, and it's not bad or shameful to have needs. God actually wired us that way. Uh, understanding that our ultimate needs come from him, but he meant for a lot of our needs to be met through the way we actually care for each other and love each other. So fellowship actually requires some intentionality on your part. Um, to reach out to people, but it also requires that you're you're um, genuine, that you're you're real. Vulnerable seems to be a big word these days. Vulnerability, 
I'm not saying you walk up to any, anybody, everybody, and just share your deepest stuff with someone you don't trust or don't know. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we've got to find those key people that we can go deep with. Otherwise, if we're just skimming along the top surface-wise, relationship-wise, it, it's not going to fulfill some of those deepest places. And, and that's why sometimes when people just want to sneak in, sneak out, you know, I've been having a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad year. I just want Jesus. <laughs> I don't want people. I'm so tired of people. I get it. It's one of the reasons why when people get hurt, they kind of sometimes leave the church for a while, leave, you know, they don't want, they're just hurt and tired, and I get it. And God will allow it for a season, <laughs> for a season. And then he says, that really wasn't the plan. I need you to go back and reconnect with hearts again because it's what we were made for. So, so looking for ways. Fellowship doesn't ha- obviously have to happen on a Saturday night. I know, I know um, some of you, because people come from a lot of distances to this church, sometimes um, some of you go out to Black Bear or other, other places afterwards. That's a great way of, you know, you, you've just enjoyed a time here. Then you go and just enjoy laughter and food and fun um, somewhere else. Um, it's one of the reasons we have our connection, uh, family connection gatherings. So for those, um, most of you know about this, but the Blazing Fire Family Connection, for those that have said, I, I want family, it's actually something I want, and we say, great, that requires commitment. It does. It requires intentionality. So tell us you want in. And when you do that, then there's a, we have a few gatherings a year where we all come together, big potluck, um, do some last, we just had one a week or two ago and had everybody um, prophesying over each other, and it was, it was very encouraging. The whole room was so encouraged. And I share that with you, um, like we don't talk about it a lot because, because we don't want people who are not part of that to feel like, oh, I'm not in the club. It's like, no, you're all part of the family of God. And um, the only reason why we had something other called the f- connection is because we realized we wanted those people, not everybody is ready yet to go deeper with connection, with relationship. But those that want to, it requires intentionality. So how do you, you know, wed those things? We said, well... Let's have something called a connection, a family connection, and those just let us, like it's that simple. What are the hoops you have to jump through? you got to let us know you're interested. Um, and, and by the way, that's on the website if you want to read about it as well, the family connection. But I just thought I would talk about it because um, that's all part of fellowship. And fellowship obviously is, is also, um, you know, it's, it's having coffee with someone. It's... Um, if we're all of us, myself included, if we're not careful, we, we start to get disconnected. And so, um, so just look for opportunities or make opportunities. You know, you be the one to initiate. If you want to, you know, hang out with someone, you, you initiate that. Um, all right, so the next one is to the breaking of bread. And it's very clear from the word used in the Greek that this is talking about communion. There's other places where they're just talking about sharing meals. This one in particular is saying, yeah, they, again, they just, they just uh, got filled with Jesus. They're just learning that he died for them. They're like, man, this is, this is amazing. We can never forget this. So they were constantly like, let's have a communion. Let's have a communion, which we're going to do in just one moment here. And... Um, And um, to prayer. So they committed themselves, devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer, um, so important. And I'm so glad again, Karina, you just had us pray for each other. We're going to do that again in a minute. Um, Prayer is so powerful because, because God tells us when we agree with him, with his heart, we change 
We change things. We change our realities to look like his realities. And so, um, so but we've got to do it. We've got to actually open our, our voice, you know, and, and use our voices. And sometimes people say, well, I don't know. I'm just not good at prayer. I don't really know what to pray. Um, talk to God. And the closer that you get to anyone, think about it, you know, with intimacy, the more you know their heart, right? So the more we want to know God, the more we do actually see more of his heart. And the more of his heart we see, the more we know how to agree with his heart. Um, it's, not a, it's not a perfect science. It's a relationship. We're, we're always getting it. You know, we're, we're always arriving still. But um, just some other things too. Prayer, um, every first Tuesday right here, we just had one week or two ago, we uh, have a time of, of uh, intimacy and intercession. So we do some soaking worship, and then we pray. So um, come join us, you know, if you want to. Also right here in this place, every Wednesday night, is uh, there's a group of churches that get together that are praying for this region in kind of a worship prayer format. So if you, that's every Wednesday night right here. I think it's at 7. Um, so uh, first Tuesday is the one for Blazing Fire you know, anyone, anyone can come, but I'm saying that's what we've designated as a prayer night. And then every Wednesday, a bunch of churches coming together right here, every Wednesday night. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually stop right away and, I mean, already, and take communion. And let's see where we are. There we go. Communion and prayer. Okay. So just a moment ago, um, Karina asked you to you know, uh, pray with someone that was near you. This time, what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute is, um, here, I'll just show you this slide, is to uh, stand up and walk around and find someone to share communion with. I'm cool, I'm totally cool if you want to have communion with the person you're sitting next to, that's fine with me. But I'm also saying, when we're ready to do this, just stand up, and if, if you want to wander and find someone, let's do that. It can be someone near you or across the room. Introduce yourself first, and then find a seat next to each other, okay? Meaning, um, here's, I'm just going to give you a clue. Even in a, in a sm- smaller gathering like this, it's really hard to remember everyone's names. And so rather than like the embarrassment of, oh, shoot, I should know your name, but I don't, you be the one just to tell them. You just assume. Um, I do that all the time. If somebody's stumbling with my name, I'll just tell them it's Brent. And I do that without any offense. It's like everyone needs that kind of help sometimes, you know? So just, just make sure you know each other's first names, okay? So go ahead and do that, and then I'll give you more instructions. So go and find someone you want to have communion with, and then, and then have a seat with them. Okay, once you find someone, then have a seat, because I'm going to tell you what to do next. Who doesn't have someone? Okay, so after we serve it, you either can serve each other or you can pray. You know. Okay. Sorry. Um, all right. Here we go. So to the, but you have to be in twos right now. Okay. Not, not threes. Be in twos. Who doesn't have someone yet? 
You have someone? Okay. I forgot to say too to the um, to the servers. I meant to tell you to find find your partners first and then and then serve, but that's okay. Um, to let everybody know, the um, the juice is grape juice. The crackers are gluten free, and um, there you go. Just letting you know. So right now we're going to go ahead and serve everybody and um, go ahead and make sure each one of you has. A cup and a, a cracker. Don't uh, take it yet because I'm going to give you instructions next. Actually, so um, actually, I can do instructions at the same time, all right? Here we go. So, this is what you're going to do is that, is that you're going to actually um, you know, bless each other with the reminder uh, of what communion is. So um, it's not like you're going to be feeding each other. You're not doing that. <laughs> you're going to take it yourself. But the other person's going to say something like, these are not like magical words, like the only ones you can use. But I'm just showing, sharing with you, you can say, when, when the, when, if, you're, if the person you're with is eating the cracker, you can tell them, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Eat this as you remember him. Something like that. All right? And then with the juice, um, like the same person can do the cracker, do the juice. Actually, you can do it any way you want. There's so much freedom here. But this cup is, is the new covenant of the grace of Jesus. Remember his sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins, for your freedom. If that's too many words for you, you just say what you want to say. But, but I just thought, for those of you that are saying, I don't know what to say. Now you know it. You know something you can say. And it's okay if you look up at the screen. That's not cheating, okay? And then after that, before, don't, don't do this just yet. We're, we're going to do this all together in a minute. After that, I want you to pray for each other. As we just, you know, we were just praying for each other. I'm going to go back to the communion one in a minute. But what do we pray? I don't know. There's all kinds of things you could pray. So I just gave you a couple examples. Father, pour out your spirit over this person by name. In rich measure, let him or her know the depth of your heart for them as your loved child. I bless you with your life with peace. I pray hope fills your heart. I release the healing power of Jesus. I mean, this already feels great, doesn't it? I could have got, done a list of 50 things you could pray for, but now I've given you at least five you could think of. Um, it doesn't have to be super long prayers. It could be a short prayer. It's totally cool. Just something, in a sense, bless them the way you wish you'd be blessed. You know, that's an easy way of doing it. Um, all right. Now, because I trust you can remember this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back this way. Uh, oops. Just a second. I'm trying to go back. See if I can do it. Yeah, I can't. Can you go back? Can you take me back? Oh, thank you, Tina. Sorry about it. I don't know how to go backwards. It's, it's kind of stuck. So go back to the... Um, the, the communion and prayer uh, with the cracker and the, and the juice. One more. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Let's leave it there. And uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to uh, pray a quick prayer, and then I'm just going to release you to have fun. Sometimes we, I'm going to say this. What we're doing is very spiritual, but all of life is very spiritual. On the other hand, sometimes we over-spiritualize things, and we're like, oh, this is communion. We better do it the right way, or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're thinking. <laughs> family. We're family. Jesus said, hey, do this. Keep remembering me. 
Okay? So he picked something that we would do all the time and something that would be very symbolic. So Jesus, thank you. We just want to stop and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for loving us. Would you bring the freshness of that back all over again, just like Karina was praying earlier. The freshness of, of you choosing us and then dying for us to set us free. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. So we just acknowledge that what we're doing right now is we're taking communion is all about you. We're so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So now go ahead and give each other communion and pray over each other, okay? Take a couple minutes to do it. Okay. That was really um, fun. That was fun watching people deeply engage with each other. All right, so I'm moving on now. Um, You can... Go back to your chair if you want to, if you move to another part of the room. If, uh, for those of you who are, are parents um, of children who are, you know, often uh, their uh, Sunday, actually can't be Sunday school, it'd be Saturday night school class. Um, uh, when, we, when they get back later, uh, we actually want you to have communion with them. So we've made sure we have extra. Um, and in fact, if some of you um, felt like even now, like, man, we we're going really deep. I want more time. You can have more time. Tonight at the end, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to kind of have a, a soft landing at the end. And then if you want communion, if you want to go have communion with someone else in the room, go do that. You know what I mean? This is like, yeah, just have fun with it. Who, who, would, you, who would you like to? You can. <laughs> You can have seconds, and it's not unspiritual. <laughs> I, years and years ago, you know, when we had communion, and we, I for, finally, I, uh, for the first time, I had my own church, which means it was a lot more casual than the one I grew up in. And, and um, yeah, I remember the first time, the kids are like, can we have the extra bread? You know, because they're all hungry. Because I'm like, sure. They're like, really? This is awesome. Uh, I just think it's great. It's what Jesus would do. Um, yeah, sometimes we just, anyway, I won't go there. Okay, so, uh, but the whole point of that was using something that, um, that we could encourage each other with about the reality of who Jesus is for each other, right? And it, it encourages us. It's so good. All right. Um, so the next one, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Filled with awe. Let me tell you part of the reason why. Because we keep forgetting this huge shift that happened. Where up until Jesus was alive, up until Jesus came out of the baptismal waters, the Spirit fell on him. And then for three years, he showed us what a a normal kingdom lifestyle is, which is miracles were happening everywhere. But that was with mostly with Jesus. Some, some, some of his followers, too, experienced that. Mostly it was with Jesus. At, after Pentecost, boom. Now it's open to everybody. Now, why would, why would it say only the apostles at first? Well, because everybody was learning a new normal. In the, in the old 
Testament, you've got a few miracles, but they're far and few between, and usually with just a couple of individuals. Elijah, you can, you know what I mean? There's just a few of them where you see these um, miracles. A lot of things God did supernaturally, for sure, the parting of the Red Sea, etc. But when we're talking about people getting healed and stuff, it wasn't very commonplace. Now it is. People are going, what? Every day? Someone's getting healed every day? Yes, absolutely. Next chapter, when we get next, I believe next week we're going to get to this. Chapter 3, just a little heads up, is, is John and Peter, when they go out to the marketplace, and there's a paralytic who needs healing, um, and, and they heal him. We'll get into the story next week. But the reason why I'm giving you a heads up is because I want you to think about some of the miracles you've seen in your life. I, I bet you most of you in this room have either experienced some pretty dramatic miracles in your own life. Um, and I'm thinking mostly physical, but I know they come in every form, you know, emotional, all of it. In fact, they're all tied together, actually. Um, or you've, you know, prayed for others and you've seen some pretty dramatic things. So I'm not saying we'll have time for everyone next week, but I was thinking it'd be really fun to hear from a bunch of you, to hear a bunch of testimonies and to stir it up so that we can get amazed, filled with awe. Like this is crazy, amazing what Jesus does. So that's next week. All right. Uh, next one, all believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Let me go on to the next one really quick because it fits right here. All the believers were, this is now chapter 4, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of the possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. This is a hard one to preach, to talk about, because it is so radically different than anything we know in our American culture. And, and also our culture 2,000 years later. I'm not, I don't even know that the Middle East would still be the same. But it, but it already was a society that very much was f- familial. People lived in the same vicinity, the same neighborhoods, the same blocks. So, yeah, they're going to each other's houses. They're, oh, do you have flour? You know, here, just come on over for a meal. It was just commonplace. And in America, we've just gotten more and more independent, isolated, um, possessive, I'm just going to say, of our, of our things and, and judging our life by our things, like how, much, how many things we have, whether those are big things or little things. And, and in reality, um, you know, every, every kingdom matter is going to first be a matter of the heart. Like this is not about trying to change our behavior. This is about saying, Lord, what in, what in me is really possessive and thinks that all my things are mine? Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that's the prayers I pray. I'm not casting any stones at anybody else. I'm saying, I'm saying we got pretty far away from these people that were so excited and said, oh my gosh, Jesus has given us everything. What would be, what would be too big of a price to give anybody else? Like, whatever I have is yours. And because they all shared that, there suddenly was no need. Because there's really more than enough. They've already proven in the world there's enough money to go around, you know, many times over where there would be no poverty. If, if it, but we also know socialism. We know that cults where, hey, we're all going to live in a commune. None of those things have worked well. For the most part, hardly ever do they work well. Why? Because, because there's always some manipulation going on. Somebody's the one with the power and the control, and there's somebody that's got all the money. It's, see what I mean? It's, it's missing the heart of Jesus, <laughs> It's the excitement for Jesus and the love of Jesus that gets us to say, sure, 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 what do you need? Absolutely. And I know that, I mean, 
know many of you, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, I know many of you do this all the time. You know, you just live a life like that. But I, I just thought we can't talk about this, these chapters, and not talk about what I just talked about. Um, we tend to like, like to skip over that one in America because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, I also think, I'm going to go the other side and say, I also think that those that, that had the need um, didn't have some of the, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, that's why I'm stalling, the, the, the sense of entitlement that we often see, which is, well, since, since so-and-so sold their house and so-and-so got it, well, this time someone else better sell their house. For it. I just don't think that was there. I think it was just, there was so much excitement about Jesus and about their lives that were so transformed that it was just about, wow, let's go out and love people. Let's, let, we, got, we got lots of people to love. And if you're in need, great, here you go. If what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. So, Lord, help us. I'm just going to pray for me and for all of us together. Lord, help us our hearts to come back to the truth that truly um, there's scriptures, you know, that remind us we've, we've come into the world with nothing. We leave with nothing that truly nothing um, belongs to us in the sense of the way we think it does. It doesn't Jesus. When we gave you lordship of our lives, we gave you everything. That's what we said. And, and so this is not a guilt thing or a shame thing, Jesus, but, but what we're asking and I'm asking is that, is that you, um, Bring our hearts back into a place where we realize we've been given the greatest gift that is unpayable uh, at a price unmentionable, your life, Jesus. And you've given us everything. You've taken all of our junk and given us freedom and everything we ever wanted. And so, Jesus, would you help us, help us, help us to be the, the, have the same heart as as you have the same heart as our Father, that and 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 take from us wherever there's still um, vestiges of an orphan heart that feels like if we give we won't have enough. Would you help us to rise above and realize we are sons and daughters that have been given everything from? Uh, you, you told us, Lord, if we would seek first your kingdom, that you you would give us all things. All things would be taken care of. You'd add to us everything we need. So um, our hearts have a ways to go, but we give you permission. That's all we can do because everything's by grace. We say, Jesus, would you come and touch our hearts and show us things that we can't see? And would you shift our hearts so that we, um, so that we would actually look a whole lot more like what we're reading here of, these, of this early church that was so excited, so excited just to be alive in Christ and so generous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <sighs> so, at this time, I wanted to ask, um, can I do something a little different? We like, to, we like to bring people up to share testimonies as whenever we can, because there's something about sharing a story that kind of opens it up for people. Um, usually when people share stories, you're, you're finding some commonalities, and then you're realizing, well, if Jesus would, did that, then there's something... I have hope that there's something that's going to happen in my situation, circumstance. And so um, uh, I'm going to ask James, unless, is, are you coming up by yourself or, yeah? Okay. <laughs> or Renee, I wasn't sure if Renee was coming up. So I've asked James if he would come and share a couple minutes, as much time as he wants, actually. Um, uh, specifically, this is going to be around the area of finances or anything else he wants to add to that, because we just talked about, um, God taking us out of that 
orf, away from the orphan heart and uh, into the sonship, daughtership, which, um, you know, that there's always enough. However, our circumstances at times, we can get fearful. Things do seem like they're not flowing. And uh, James was in a time like that when this family helped to touch him. And that's what I wanted him to share. So if you'd come up. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Suzanne. When our family was over on Serpentine, uh, there was a sermon that he, that the pastor gave us, and it was about finances, and it was about those of us who are really not doing great with our finances, and it was very difficult, and it had been difficult for about 10 years, and uh, to the point of as far as, as low as it could go, and into the homelessness thing, just awful from uh, coming from somebody who does finances, I do mortgages and stuff for a living, not to have the next month uh, anything really knowing whether it was going to be there that next month. And it was just the way that he had spoke it. And everybody's heart was really in the same place, whether they were in the same position or not. Some of us raised our hands, and then some of us stood up. And Renee and I stood up, and I was actually just closed my eyes and looked down. It was so humbling that all of a sudden, eight or ten hands came around me and covered me from my head to my to my thighs just hands on my back and praying and I can even remember one lady just saying bless him with what you blessed me with and they 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 got out money and they put it in our in my wife's pockets and it was just it was so touching and so memorable that I really and for me I believe I have a financial anointing for other people. So if I ever get a chance to speak with you, let me bless you like that because it certainly opens the doors for me later on to be blessed. It's a flow thing, and it should belong in the family. That should flow. So if you do have ways you give and ways to be able to give, allow somebody to open up that flow for you also. But the real story is that within about a month or so, things shifted so greatly in our household and in our finances that as a person who is self-employed, I had never really seen it rain uh, calls and, and business before quite like that. And that kept going and it started to actually multiply and it multiplied almost to the point where it w- broke any uh, income record that I had had previously 20, 30 years back. So it was substantial. But the, you're clapping for yourselves because it not, it not only came through me, but it, it was you that, that broke it. There was, there was really uh, what, they, what they say, gates of bronze and... The, and uh, the, the bars of iron, it took that many hands and that many souls 
to break that, and I want that for you. I really want you to receive that. And Lord Jesus, right now, if anyone is anywhere near that position right now, I release it to you, that same anointing, that same blessing for that type of multiplication and even more. And if it's going to be a season, Lord, please allow it to be a lengthy, lengthy season, if not a life-changing season, so that it can sustain. Because when the Lord blesses you, he adds no sorrow to it. So I want you to receive that now. And that really was a blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. That, that's an awe and a wonder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, God, he's such a tender-hearted God. And he wants to bless us in every way imaginable. Um, and and some, this is where I'm going back to saying we need each other a lot more than we think we do. And, and again, some, some of the Americanism is this individual rugged, ruggedism. And it's like it's not actually helping us. You know, like, like I'm just going to tough it out, me and Jesus. He's like, yeah, I have some people around you that you're going to need. And I made it that way on purpose. So, and sometimes it's reaching out when you're hurting, you know, and you get someone to help give you, you know, encouragement or, or counseling or wisdom or something. There's a lot of ways in which we need each other. Um, so I want to I read to you a um, prophetic word. All right, and this uh, this was from the Elijah List um, by a woman named Danielle uh, Danielle Dixon. So, uh, if you're if you're one that like receives more of the eyes closed, feel free to do that. I'm just it's not a super long word, a couple paragraphs, and then we're actually she's going to bring some keys into this, um, but it just fits right here. So, she says in this season. I believe the Lord is talking to those who have sown and sown and sown. By sown, I'm referring to sowing finances, prayer, time, or resources into your family, church, region, or your nation. I would add the globe to that one, to the nations. When we became Christians, we were taught to sow and what it means to sow. Sowing is part of the new nature, our new nature in Christ. Our God is such an outrageous giver, so naturally his children should also be givers and sowers. What we forget is our God is also a reaper, a harvester of enormous proportions. Many parables in the word of God speak of sowing and reaping, never just sowing. This is an appointed time for the sowers to become reapers. It's time for us to gather our harvest. Why is this so important? It breaks God's spiritual laws when we only sow and never reap. It causes us disappointment and weariness when we obey God's word and don't see the results. It makes the heart sick. Proverbs 13:12 says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Sadly, many people have given up. They've turned back or quit because they did not see their harvest. And again, this is not just financial. This is the prayers, you know, family members you've been praying for, different things, relationships. 
It says, um, so they've many people given up, turned back or quit because they did not see their harvest. Yet this is a time of multiplication over your seed sown. As spoken of in 2 Corinthians 9.10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing so that you have something to sow and increase the harvest of your righteousness. I believe supernatural acceleration is upon your seed that's been planted. Sowers, he's talking to all of you who have sown financially, prayers, uh, blessings. Sowers, today I want to share keys to receiving your harvest in this season that the Lord has shared with me. I encourage you to stand up against fruitlessness, poverty, lack, no prayer results, debt, and delays as these are lies of the enemy. The devil has been telling you that these things are your portion, but I'm telling you, no, they aren't. Today, I decree harvest over your life. Just earlier, when uh, Diane and I were praying, that we, I started to pray, just because I had read this word earlier. We were praying for this region and, and for what God wanted to do tonight. And, and I was declaring that all the seeds we've been sowing, that this is the time. This is the time for the harvest of souls to come in, all the prayers we've been praying. But it's also the time for the miracles. And we were talking about that and praying that as well, the time for the miracles. We have seen absolutely an increase in miracles, but we know because God's shown us there's so much more coming. But, but um, sometimes we have this view that everything's somewhere way out there. And, and this word is trying to get us to go ahead and agree that we are supposed to be harvesting all the time. It doesn't mean we get it all at once. You know what I mean? Understand? But it means sowing and sowing without any harvesting, that gets really discouraging. We're sowing seeds financially, prayers, in, in so many different ways. And, and at time there, and in, along the way, we are, we are to harvest um, as we continue to sow. Both things are going to happen. So here's the keys, and I, and I don't know if you can see those or not, but, but um, I'm going to read them anyway. She, she gives you these six keys. Um, believe you actually have a harvest, because everything, again, is by faith, right? Believe you have a harvest. I don't care if you planted that seed 20 years ago. If you planted seed, then it is your crop. So would you, we're going to say all these again later, but would you just repeat out loud after me right now, I have a harvest. I have a harvest. Number two, stop saying one day God will bless me. Look up, the harvest is ripe. So I would like you to repeat after me, I am receiving God's blessings now. There you go. Declare, let's just declare this together. I am a reaper, I am a harvester, I am in season of harvest. Amen. Number four, start decreeing and commanding your land to bring forth increase. We don't even think to do this sometimes because we don't understand our authority. And we think we're bossing God around. No, we're, no, you're not. No, 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 no. This is what he set up. And we have to understand that he set some things up where he's asking us to partner with him. There are some, for sure, he, the, you know, the sun shines on the just and the unjust. You know, there are things he blesses everybody with, for sure. But I'm also saying that 
that there are ways he wants us to partner, and this is one of those. So start decreeing and commanding your land. Not, you're not telling God what to do. You're saying to the land, which again, it, it could be actual land, but it could be anything that you've been pouring into. Your land is where you sowed financially, spiritually, physically, and emotionally in your family, in your region, and in your nation. So um, uh, we're going to do this in two parts. So I say out loud, I speak to my land... Bring forth increase. Bring forth increase. Okay. I felt that one. Thank you, Lord. Number five, release the harvesting angels into your harvest. Isn't that interesting? We have not taught much, uh, especially in this country. There are other countries that do a lot more teaching than we do on angels. Brazil does a lot of teaching about angels, and they, they have a lot of revival going on in Brazil. Um, because, again, somewhere along the line, we got taught that, you know, talking to angels isn't right and all this kind of stuff. Well, actually, they're created beings, and um, once again, we're partnering with them as we listen to God's voice. And they're actually waiting to partner with us. So uh, I'm just letting you know it's okay. You're not breaking any rules. You're not doing anything wrong. So release the harvesting angels into your harvest. There are harvesting angels assigned to reap on our behalf as spoken of in Matthew 13, 39. So this is, a, I'm going to have you repeat after this one. It's a little longer, so just try to get, try to get <laughs> hear the whole thing. I release the harvesting angels into my harvest. I release the harvesting angels into my harvest. <laughs> you know what honestly there's some really happy angels they're like yes we've been waiting for some things to do number six start collecting receiving the harvest with thanksgiving so lord i thank you for the harvest she uh yeah, she goes on, which I'm not going to read it all. It's really about the enemy trying to discourage us and how God actually uses that pressure so that mm, we, we're elevated even more when we, as we're breaking through. You just talked about that breakthrough, James. And that's why we're declaring it. That's why we're saying, yes, Lord. And, and um, again, this is, please understand and keep this in mind with what we read earlier about the generosity, about everybody, you know, as people had need, meaning uh, we can't take this and make it, um, just about bless me, bless me, bless me. It, we, are, we receive blessings because we're part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And God wants to bless us, absolutely, to be a blessing, right? So he's going to show you what that looks like, how that looks. Like this is not a guilt. Don't, don't be doing things because of guilt. Do things because you're listening, putting your, your ear on the heartbeat of, you know, of, of Jesus, the chest of Jesus, listening to what he says. And um, he wants to bless his kids. That's always been part of the plan. All right. Um, so here they all are together of what we just declared. And um, we're going to take an offering. Okay. This is, let me just tell you what we're going to do. And, I, and I, I promise you right now, if you know me, you already know this is true. But we, we don't do things here to try to manipulate anybody. Like, so let's have this great message so that there's a really big offering. Like, no, that's silly. Um, what we're trying to do is actually free you to, to, you know, the way, to the ways that the Lord has 
designed for you to live in, in accordance with who he is, because you're like him. Now, I also know, by the way, whenever we do an offering, I'm quite aware that, um, you know, some of you give once a month. Some, you know, some of you give weekly. Some of you send it in by mail. So I understand that, um, like, I know that's always one of the awkward things, like offering going by, and, oh, well, I don't have offering, and nobody knows around me knows why. Well, just so you know, like, I'm not judging anybody here. But I, I, so I want to let you know that so that there's a, oh, okay, good, this is, this, we can breathe. Um, and at the same time to tell you it's super important that you keep sowing. You know, keep sowing. Like, um, don't let fear shut you down. The Lord will let you know how, where, you know, how much, all that kind of good stuff. But, um, but it is important because that is part of the reaping. You're actually sowing things that you're going to reap. Um, so what we're going to do is, is if it, does anybody first, does anybody need an envelope? We're, this is, we're doing the uh, offering right now. So a couple people over here, um, could those with that, oh, if you can get up, there's hands on both sides. So if you um, uh, need a credit card slip or uh, an envelope for cash, then just let them know what you need. And in just a moment, we're going to take an offering, but we're... Uh, as you're getting ready, we're going we're gonna to be declaring these things, and we honestly are declaring a breakthrough again. Oh. Yeah, the name of the woman on the Elijah list was Danielle Dixon. And if you... Get the Elijah list. It came out about two or three days ago. There's more to the word as well. It's, it's really good, actually. <sighs> and by the way, there's there's giving in so many other ways too. We. Um, you know, all the, all the people that are, are serving all the time, like just within Blazing Fire, um, you know, our, our, our sound and AV people who do an amazing job, the ones that are with the kids right now. I mean, these are all different ways that we're sowing, you know, so it's a, it is about what we do with our time. Of course, let me just remind you, you don't have to only um, your service to Jesus he loves you because he loves you, not, by the way, not because of what you do for him. He loves you because he loves you. But the things that you do don't have to occur at a church on a Saturday night or Sunday morning. It's about, it's about a way of life. It's just things you do as you go. Um, it's just who you are and, and ways and opportunities you look for to reach out to people, to bless them, to encourage them. That can be anything from giving a prophetic word to a, you know, to a um, waitress uh, as you eat. It can be... It can be, um, you know, being a volunteer at, at uh, um, you know, one of the nonprofits in town. By the way, can I, I'm just going to use this one last before we do these declarations. Um, how many of you have heard of Tri-Valley City Surf? If you, if you have, raise your hand. Tri-Valley City Surf. So maybe about, maybe half of you. We're, we're in the Tri-Valley right now. This is, in case you didn't know that, because some of you are outside of this, but it's Pleasanton, Dublin, Livermore, San Ramon. And um, it's actually three regions. It's not cities. But anyway, um, it is Tri-Valley City Serve about 10 years ago um, was organized to serve the nonprofits. 
because we have a lot of nonprofits that are doing great things. And they said, how about we just get people from all the different churches together to agree that we can actually volunteer our time and serve in that way. And so then it, they just got more and more organized. They got more and more uh, uh, believers um, volunteering. And then it just kept growing and started to take on a life of its own. And pretty soon they were doing things, they being Tri-Valley City Serve, were doing things that, that were beyond what the nonprofits were doing. Uh, t- to this day, this, this blows me away, but in this, in this Tri-Valley, there are a, about four to 500 homeless people. And um, that's actually a small number compared to a lot of surrounding communities. But they, because of Tri-Valley City Serve, not because of another organization, um, they actually know what every person's name is. They've gone out and met them all. They've, they've gotten them the medical things that they need. And when the city governments who first heard about Tri-Valley City Serve many years ago, many city, Livermore, Pleasanton, Dublin, they said, yeah, we're not going to support this organization because it's, it's Christian-based. Now, because of what they're doing, the governments of the cities are saying, you guys are doing that? We, don't, we had no idea how to tackle that problem. And they are now giving huge grants to CityServe. Um, Roger, Roger Valsey, who's the pastor of Valley Christian, very good friend of mine. One of a, one, there's about, shoot, there's about 40 different groups that are to agencies, churches and agencies that have come together that make up Tri-Valley CityServe, including Blazing Fire. There's about 25 of those are about, about, are the, about 25 of those are churches. Roger um, is really the one that instigated this from up at Valley Christian. And Roger recently went to a seminar where they had people coming from all over the country, you know, who were doing this kind of a model of a whole church, a whole region coming together to be, you know, the arms and the, the love of Jesus and to make a difference, to begin to change a region. So he went to one of these, and because they got, they've gotten substantial grants now, and by the way, our church supports them very regularly because we totally believe in this. Um, and anyway, so they got these grants, and, um, and so Roger went to this seminar to ask, now that we've got all these grants, we're, we're like going into a whole other realm of, of favor. Of, and he's like, who can I talk to who's further along than us? Because we, we got to know what to do. And the people looked up and down and said, nobody. You guys are further than anybody as far as you guys have taken this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually doing this enough justice. Like I'm, I'm using some words, but I'm feeling inadequate, meaning it's amazing what's happening right here in this region. And, and in, in part, it was because there was a group of pastors that for many, many years had developed close friendships, so we already had that, you know, trust bond going, so that when the ingredient came in of the right way to bring the churches together, people jumped on a lot easier, and God has just been blowing on that. So I'm just telling you, this is exciting stuff. So if you ever want to know how to serve, um, look up Tri Valley City Serve. It's a, it has its own website. And you can actually go on there and find ways. You just literally sign up right through the website uh, to volunteer. Yeah. One of the cool things, and as we're talking about community, the um, the churches, the organizations that support City Serve, 
the main reason that CityServe gets grants from the governments, from the different governments, is because of these churches and nonprofit ministries that are supporting CityServe. And that is mainly the only reason why these um, governments and other, um, uh, you know, philanthropic um, companies, they choose to give to CityServe because they see that the churches, that the believers, that the body of Christ is coming together, and they help provide the administrative costs for CityServe itself so that the company, the governments and stuff realize that their money is going towards actually helping the homeless or Medicaid or whatever that they need. But it is because the body of Christ has come together in the Tri-Valley and more and more are doing the same. And we get to say that that is part of our testimony, that we all get to say, yes, we are a part of blessing and changing the environment here in the Tri-Valley. That's good. All right, I forgot to put that up in case you needed to know how to give, and now I'm going to go back to here. So let's do this. Would you um, stand? And we're going to declare this together. This is what we just declared, but we're going to do it all at once. So here we go. I have a harvest. I am receiving God's blessing now. I am a reaper. I am a harvester. I am in a season of harvest. I speak to my land, bring forth increase. I release the harvesting angels into my harvest. Lord, I thank you for my harvest. Amen. So let's, let's pass the offering. And, and I'm just going to explain what we're going to do because we're just about done here. Um, I mentioned before that uh, we were going to have kind of a soft landing tonight, you know, which means a little bit more casual um, and relational. Uh, By the way, that's one of the reasons a lot of times we have a break in the middle, but many of you know this because if you've been here a while, is that that people like to hang out afterwards and talk and pray for a long time. And we, we encourage that. At some points, we do turn out the lights, but not for a while, not for quite a while. Um, so, <laughs> um, but what I wanted to do is this. I want to remind you again, if you have children that are coming back in, please, um, have communion with them. So over here, we've got the cups and we have, uh, the, the, um, the crackers that are over there. If you just want to have communion again with someone, please do. If you wanted to continue on your conversation and pray with whoever you prayed with earlier, please do. All right. Um, and now that we've taken the offering, I just want to ask, I want to ask specifically, when James was given his testimony, um, is there anyone here who felt like, that is totally me, I am, uh, I'm needing a major breakthrough with finances, I don't know what to do, um, you, you know, just from his testimony, um, you're just needing that breakthrough. If that's you, and you're willing to, would you stand so we can pray for you? Thank you, Jesus. No, there's no shame in this at all. The reason, partly why we have you stand is because we love you. Because actually this is what family does, is then we get together around you. So those that are around them, please, if you would just move around them. And, and uh, we're going to lay a hand on their shoulder. You want, do you want to pray some more? You want to release that? You want to release it? Okay, all right, go ahead. 
Okay. I was asking... I was asking James if you wanted to pray. So if you've got anything more you want to pray that you didn't pray before, you come on back over here, okay? So I'm going to start the prayer, but I want you, I want you to keep going. And then after, as, as you're done praying, um, like I said, a soft landing, which means then you can have, go have communion, mingle, whatever you want to do. So I'm going to start praying, but then I want you to continue. Father, we thank you for for your perfect provision. We thank you for your, that you're a father who loves your kids. Well, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus for you to release, to open the floodgates and release over your sons and daughters right now, these who are standing, release finances into, um, into their reservoir. And Lord, what we're asking too, because, because I know you're a good, good father. So if there's anything in their hearts uh, at all that you want to show them. And some of this, by the way, he might just show you only. Uh, anything that you, where you need them to think differently, to see things differently from your perspective, would you show them what that is? And then would, as they ask you for permission, give you permission, would you shift things in their heart? And I'm not saying there is. I'm saying if, if there's anything, then we give you permission, Lord. So thank you, Father. Just keep, I want you to keep praying as the Lord encourages you to. Remember the testimony we just heard. The encouragement came, the scriptures came, something shifted because people actually agreed with heaven, with God. So I want you to pray for them like you wish somebody would pray for you, all right? Let's pray out loud. Pray with boldness. And we break off fear in Jesus' name. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Provision. Perfect provision. Above and beyond all we could ask or imagine. Financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. Lord, we believe you. Your promises, we believe you. You are so able to take care of your kids. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And if God puts it on your heart and you want to put some money in their hands, feel free to do that. It's not the amount. That's not even the point. It's the encouragement. It's the blessing. It's the sowing. But not under compulsion. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we're looking forward to the testimonies, hearing all the testimonies of what you do. So again, as you feel like you're done praying, feel free to have communion, to talk and pray with people.